everyone out there in podcast land. Welcome. Welcome, welcome to another fun-packed, thrill-packed, hair-raising episode of Gary Talks 2, the only podcast that is positively guaranteed to make you thinner and grow more hair or your money back. Promise. As regular listeners know, this podcast endeavors to discuss subjects about race that were openly espoused in the antebellum years, which is... uh, where my historical fiction series, Journey, the story of an American family, available anywhere, my dad, where that story begins. And those same uh, espousals that we hear from racists today, they're the same. Headlines from the 1860s could and would easily be seen as today's headlines as well. The problem, despite really significant gains, still haunts every aspect of life in America. There are many who will bury their heads in the filth and say, that's not so. We are a post-racial society while also working to keep people subjugated with every fiber of their beings. Hypocrisy in this and other areas is epidemic in our society and political life. And today I want to talk about another group that is being targeted for subjugation and betrayal, even though this particular group is actually the majority, the majority in America. Don't know who I mean? Well, uh, Hey, why don't you jump on board and let's go check her out. Okay, did everybody make it through okay? I, uh, I certainly hope so. I bet you uh, you still don't know which group I'm talking about, do you? Hmm. The next group being actively and daily targeted by MAGA Nazis for subjugation and endless harassment. Give up. I'm speaking about, of course, American women, a veritable plethora of Nazi laws that impose the will of the sick minority on the rest of us that have tried to draw a parallel between this obvious denial and confiscation of rights with denial of rights under slavery. While there are parallels, I really don't believe that you can compare this tragic and regrettable set of circumstances to something as evil as chattel slavery. In slavery, an enslaver was free to beat, rape, and even murder any of the enslaved people under his control. Women today can move about freely, associate with whomever they please, hold a job, own property. The list just goes on and on. Under chattel slavery, you did not have a right to breathe, period. There are still a few parallels. Let's take a closer look and I think you'll see that there is still plenty of evil. From the earliest laws preventing healthcare for women, the excuse used was that women needed to be protected. That was man's God-given duty to protect poor, pathetic, fragile women who were uh, felt by men to be too damn stupid to make a proper decision about their own bodies, their own future. All of that so-called justification was, of course, a complete and blatant lie, exactly as it is today. There is one reason. The one reason, the only reason, and that is control and subjugation. There is simply no other possible explanation. I want to take you down the timeline of anti-choice legislation here in the land of the free, and you'll see how the slow creep of federal power was harnessed to control the majority of the population, even unto today, to subjugate them all to the will of a truly hateful, despotic, sexually perverted, porn-and-control-obsessed, child-molesting maga-Nazis. If you know any women personally, if you have sisters or nieces, or even if you ever had a mother, ever, you might uh, 
might want to stick around. I'll be right back. Okay, you are back, and I thank you very much for that. Glad you didn't try to run away. So, as promised, we'll take a stroll down the timeline of hatred and control that is anti-choice legislation, the legislation that denies, forbids necessary medical care to the majority of American citizens. Those roots, like the roots of most modern-day problems, actually in truth, lay at the hands of controlling, power-hungry, radically paternal white men. That's right. I'm a white man, but I can see the truth. As I said before, every justification used then was just as egregious and insultingly simple-minded as the ones used today. The same lies, the same harassment, the same need to control others. Granted, there actually may be 20 or 30 people in the entire United States who actually do have some sort of religious reason that they are wrong. They do not. They just don't. It's bullshit. So let's go. Beginning in 1821, the Connecticut General Assembly passed the first law banning abortion in the U.S. Before that, doctors weren't really doing abortions. It was midwives and uh, nurses, people like that. Doctors it was beneath them, and it was too minor of a procedure. They didn't want to get involved. Anyway, banned the procedure after what they called, quote, the quickening period, end quote, when the fetus begins moving around a bunch, usually around four to five months into the pregnancy. Punishment was strict. Life in prison for the woman who, quote, provided the poison that was used. Nice. Not the woman who, got, who drank the poison, thank goodness. Anyway... Let's move ahead to 1857 now, 36 years later, led by a troglodyte named Horatio Storer. The American Medical Association campaigns to make abortion illegal all over the United States. He says, and I quote, this is such crap, we are the physical guardians of women, the group's 1859 report on, quote, criminal abortion stated, they go back, I'll take this again from the support uh, report. Quote, the case is here of life or death, and it depends almost wholly upon ourselves. Three years later, by 1860, more than 20 states had criminalized the procedure. AMA believed, in other words, women were just too stupid, too fragile to be entrusted with such a decision. By the way, here's a fun fact, the same reasoning was used to deny the female vote for generations. And with the rise of Nazism in this country, I actually read someone yesterday saying it was still true. Women just can't make intelligence decision based on simple facts. They're too emotional. Those are his words, not mine, I hasten to add. Please don't storm the barricades. In 1869, so this is after the Civil War now, the Catholic Church's Pope Pius IX declares abortions at any stage of pregnancy punishable by excommunication. I personally find it way, way more amusing that a man wearing a dress who has never had sex, or claims that anyway, thinks he has a right to an opinion on this subject. I've said this to a lot of people. A lot of people get really pissed off. But in my humble 
I do not believe any man has any right to this decision. None. Especially a man wearing a dress with make-believe friends. Moving ahead, March 1873. The Comstock Act is passed by the U.S. Congress. Makes it a federal crime to sell or distribute contraception of any kind through the mail or across state lines. Drafted by another uh, troglodyte, Anthony Comstock, who was a devout Christian, of course, that's why he wants to control everybody, known for his crusade against prostitution, pornography, and birth control. The statute termed birth control as obscene. Soon after the federal act is passed, remember I talked about federal power creep, 24 states enact their own laws to restrict access to contraception at the state level. In Connecticut, the act of using birth control becomes prohibited by law. Stand by, ladies. Trump is elected. That'll be your future in 2024. The law is actually upheld by the U.S. Supreme Court until 1965. I know most of you listening to this were alive then. I was. I turned 14 that fall. But I remember what a big deal it was. I remember it was on the top of everybody's conversation. It was, it was a big deal that men finally decided a, a silly little woman could make a decision about something like that. Plus, the men wanted to get laid as often as possible, too. And the women were saying, no, I don't want to have babies. Don't blame you, gals. Anyway, it was again revealed that it's Christo-Nazi ruling that the next two goals are contraception and gay marriage. They have said that. Alito has said that out loud in interviews. If they get their way, well, hmm. I have two daughters and two grandkids. I'm really worried for them if we go down that road. Continuing on down this happy highway. In October 1916, Margaret Sanger opened the first, country's first, birth control clinic in the Brownsville section of Brooklyn, New York. Nine days later, police shut down the clinic and they arrest Margaret Sanger, her sister Ethel Byrne, a registered nurse, and another woman named Fania Mendel, who was serving as an interpreter in the clinic. So after serving 30 days in prison, Sanger goes on to launch the birth control Clinic Research Bureau in New York, as well as the American Birth Control League, which later merged to form Planned Parenthood. One of 11 children, 11, Sanger, a nurse, blamed her mother's death on the toll of those pregnancies. Well, oh shit. According to the uh, National Women's History Museum, quote, Sanger strongly believed that the ability to control family size was crucial to ending the cycle of women's poverty. Well, my feeling is she was not only a courageous woman, she was spot on correct, period. So uh, let's jam it all up together since most of you know the rest of it from then. In the years following 1916, the action in courts continued as white men sought total control over all women. In 1936, Comstock Act, the one that said you couldn't send stuff, was amended to allow uh, mailing contraceptives across state lines. In 1969, a little miracle called Envoid was approved by the FDA. The first birth control pill, 1969, the year I graduated high school. In 1965, yeah. In a 7-2 decision, the Supreme Court rules in Griswold versus Connecticut, 
that the U.S. Constitution protects marital privacy rights, striking down Connecticut's contraception ban for married people. The decision introduces the right to privacy argument, which we've all heard, which was later, it would later, of course, be applied in the Roe v. Wade that we all know of. And in 1966, we also had the infamous San Francisco Nine. They're worth reading about if you don't know anything about them. Some very brave uh, gentlemen, for a change, stood up and took the heat. So here's my impression. We can and we must beat back this MAGA-Nazi intrusion into all of our lives. They simply have no moral or legal right to their arguments. None. Zip. Nada. Zero. They won't go away, folks. They will need to be driven. Well, okay, kitties. It's that very, very special time again. You, uh, you know what I'm talking about, right? that time where I get to talk about something terribly wrong being done by people who are terribly wrong. That's right. It is time once again for the political rant. Okay, okay, let's hold it down in the back there. Come on. Okay, now as usual, I leave most of the real in-depth political ranting to others. Some of it. By all means, not all of it. Now, again, I have to sound the urgent alarm over people who are actively trying to indoctrinate kids, and that's their word, not mine, indoctrinate. They're trying to indoctrinate kids into climate denial, indoctrinate them to hate the suspicious other, inculcate hatred in all trans people, especially trans kids, to treat everything they hear elsewhere as a lie, and not just a lie, but part of an evil plan by lefties to ruin our country and force each and every one of us to marry gay people and then have forced abortions. Hate is what these people are about. Hate. That's all. Hate. I hear some of you in the very back now saying, oh, come on, now, Gary. They can't be all bad. Well, while I'm sure they probably don't kick their dogs, they are nevertheless working very, very hard to indoctrinate. Again, that's their word, not mine. That's what they call their program. They're trying to indoctrinate your children to believe them over even their own parents. That's right. They said that anyone, anyone who tells you that climate science is not a hoax, well, they are liars. And that most definitely includes, as they are mentioned, parents, friends, relatives, clergy, in short, anyone who disagrees with the premise that we must continue to base our very existence as a society on fossil fuels and just, you know, accept the damage to the environment because, get this, quote, there is no other option. <laughs> That's what you get from people who make their money fracking. As regular listeners know, I have subjected myself to their hardcore MAGA-Nazi filth and propaganda to save you from having to put yourself through that awful experience. But here are some titles and highlights, and actually I'm only going to do one today, from one that arrived very recently. It is titled, The Real Climate Crisis. Well, you just know where this is going, I'll wager. Yeah. It goes on to say, yes, get this, we do 
have a climate crisis. But guess what? The crisis is people developing alternative energy sources. That's it. Long and short of it. So if you want a cleaner world for you and your kids and grandkids, well, then you are part of the Fracking Brothers video that declares you an enemy. You are the problem. Not CO2, not ozone depletion, not runaway storms, you. So I'm going to go ahead and end this uh, fun and thrilling weekend with these uh, sobering and very scary thoughts. This is serious, so listen up. Prager, you kids, is now an official, official part of the elementary high school curriculum in up to five states now. And it's leaking into others. And they are aggressively trying to come to your state, your district, your kids' school. If they're not there already. You know what? You best pay attention, folks. Well, I, uh, I guess I'll go ahead and wrap things up for now. I, uh, I wanted to get to more of the uh, email propaganda bucket of crap from Prager, but today's time is up, I'm afraid. I'll get to some more of them last, next time. I hope you're not getting bored of hearing about them because they are a vital and direct threat to your children and our society. Anyway, I hope you got a little smarter today. I can guarantee you got better looking. See that camera on your laptop or phone that's looking at you? Mm -hmm. I can guarantee you got better looking. I can see you. Don't forget to drop by my site at www.gbbrights.com. Check out the books, videos, and much, much more. You'll be surprised. Talk about mentoring in Africa. Or you can drop me a line at the podcast at gvbrights.com, and I will respond. If you want to add commentary or add a few words or ask me to look into something, I'd love to hear from you. So I will respond. Honest. So adios, mi amigo.